Okay. All right, lads. Are we here? <laughs> are we here? Is everybody no. recording? I'm not. Present. Present. I'm joking. I am. Nah, oh, thank fuck for that. My God. All right. All right, lads. Welcome, one and all, back to the Yank account. The podcast with a name so cursed that if you go into the bathroom by yourself at night, turn off the lights and say Yank account three times, the image of Musa Sissoko will appear behind you in the mirror. And we've, we've tested this and proven it. We, this is confirmed. Now that, that is an arousing thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome back, everybody. I uh, hope we have all been good in the uh, couple weeks that we've been off. It has been a few weeks since we've been able to get an episode out. And it boy, fuck the international missed... break. Yeah, yeah. retweet. Yeah. That's something I think we can all get around is fuck the international break. Yeah, fuck the international break. All right, anyways. We've missed a lot of shit in the, the meantime. Tons of Premier League action to talk about, to dive into. We got managers being sacked. We got the return of Moo. We got title race. Absolute craziness. Not really, actually. Not really title race craziness. How do we even begin? How do we even begin? Um, Well, let's give us a rundown. Let's give a rundown of what we're going to cover today's episode. Uh, We have uh, some Premier League action. Uh, like I just said, we're going to cover that. We also have a little segment that we're going to talk about which former players we miss the most seeing at their prime, at their peak. We're also going to end, as we usually do, with a brew review, although I don't know if uh, all of us are going to be on the same page brew-wise. It's BYOB think, today. Yeah, <laughs> BYOB brew review <laughs> to close out the episode. I guess I'll go ahead and introduce the uh, cast of correspondents we have here scattered from around the southeast of the United States, as always. First off, from Atlanta, Georgia, we have representing the Red Devils of Manchester United, Taryn. Taryn, what's up? Uh, not too much. It is splendid to be back. As we said, we've been missing a lot of good stuff, and I'm ready to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Also joining us today from uh, Greenville, North Carolina, the East Coast, Beast Coast, we have Drew. Drew, what is up? Yo, yo, yo. And finally, representing the Toffees of Everton, back after an episode or two off, we have returning to the Yank account, Matt. Matt, oh, and Matt is coming at us from Charlotte, North Carolina. So, Matt, how you doing tonight? Buzzing, lads. Buzzing. Um, big 1-0 win. Uh, blues at Anfield on the weekend, so feeling great. Of course, uh, that is the Everton ladies, but um, quite the <laughs> feminist, so, you know, it's been Indeed. good. Yeah, we were really disappointed Matt couldn't be here last episode because there is a lot of Everton uh, strife taking place <laughs> uh, when we recorded that one. So sad that we couldn't hear some Matt rants uh, a couple weeks ago, but he's back Indeed. with us today. Uh, we have a little more positive Everton stuff to talk about for this episode. So and we'll Sam, get. Sam, where are you joining us from? You deserve uh, to introduce yourself as well. I always forget. I am Sam. I am uh, joining us from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and I am repping the Magpies of Newcastle United, as always. Two wins on the trot. Two wins on the trot. We're looking good. Got some mojo (laughs) going, that that strategy Steve action going. Mm. Uh, So we're we're looking all right. But uh, I think with that being said, lads, it's time that we dive into the wild, wild world that is the Premier League.
Wow, alright. Seriously, hard to know where to begin. A literal metric fuck ton of shit happened yeah, that's metric. in the last that's few not, weeks. That's not Imperial. Oh yeah. <laughs> Universally understood measurement, a metric fuck ton of shit. Yes. Um, just to sort of translate for our international listeners abroad. Um, I guess the, the logical place to start here would be with the biggest match of the latest match week, and that was probably the most anticipated game of the season so far. Liverpool taking on Man City at Anfield. Um, it was a good God, game. God, it was depressing. It, it, was, it was back and forth. Mm. Uh, I think in the early stages, Man City probably had the better of the you know possession and probably the better attacking chances, but oh, Liverpool, sure. Liverpool ended blitz, up... Two blitzes straight down the field, two goals. That'll put a damper on any attack, no matter how well orchestrated. For sure, and it ended up with Liverpool kind of destroying Man City 3-1. to one. Uh, That's big in the title race, obviously, because at this point, <laughs> looking at the table, I don't know, we've talked a little bit about whether anyone can catch Liverpool, but now they're eight points clear, and in second place is Leicester. And <laughs> tied for second, uh, below, you know, in third on goal difference, is Chelsea, who've actually won five in a row, so fair play. Um, but l- if we look at this, I don't think there's anyone right now that's saying... There's there's a title race. There's a realistic title race. I, I don't think Liverpool can be caught. It would take a massive capitulation for Liverpool. They were not they to were up. League. They were up eight points last season. Look what happened. Yeah, they were. They, they have I mean, they have capitulated in the past. They have. I done let's it. not forget we're talking about Liverpool here in the league. This, so I have over the the past couple of episodes proclaimed proudly that the title race is not over. However, with Man City not pulling it together against Liverpool, honestly, their biggest threat, in my opinion, right now is Leicester. And can we expect Leicester to go down the span against Liverpool, who have such great depth? Like, even a couple of injuries probably wouldn't truly change Liverpool's results that much. I I just don't know. That's the biggest question, is, like, who is the biggest threat, if there is still a threat? I mean, you look, and there's really only three other teams that have even a sliver of hope. And that's Leicester, Chelsea, and City. And there's like there's an eight point gap between City and fourth, and Sheffield United, in fifth. And you know I don't know if Sheffield yeah. are going to be bridging that gap anytime soon. But um, yeah, you know football, it's though. they are playing good football. I will say that. But yeah, I mean like yeah, it's just the, it's the question of Man City are really the only realistic challengers there. I don't know if Chelsea are too young still, too sort of too much of a project still, and Leicester are good, a very good Leicester team, but. I mean, they just don't have the star power and the attacking force to compete, I don't think. Uh, um, I don't know, man. Madison and Vardy, honestly, that's a that's a good amount of star, star power in their own right. It is, but it's not like Salah, Mane, Firmino, you know, Certainly it's not those not. kinds of players. So it would, it, it's not impossible. It's not entirely out of the question. Um, and Liverpool did blow an eight-point lead last year, but that was because City literally didn't drop a point like at all in this like the, the, games yeah, yeah new, games. <laughs> the only points they dropped after like december were against newcastle when we beat them do uh, you do was, you not think city is capable of doing that again they just don't they're they're defense, defensively yeah. they look a shambles the first goal that went in it was a great strike from fabinho this past match week but there just wasn't enough closing down you know you just want to see fabinho had too much time on the ball and a really sort of promising attacking area, and that allowed him to get the shot away. 
great shot, great place shot with a lot of you know oh, power yeah. behind it. But it just wasn't it wasn't the same Man City organization that we've seen the past couple seasons. All right, well, that settles the title race for some people, I'm sure. We'll see. I mean, who knows? Anything is possible. But right now, Liverpool certainly in the driver's seat in the title race. Moving on, Leicester City are still balling like we just talked about. They're up in second. They beat Arsenal 2-0 in the last match week. Goals from Jamie Vardy and Madison. Jamie Vardy still the top goal scorer in the league. Um, you know, at the ripe old age of, what is he, what, 31 now, 32, I think, something I think like that? 32. Which is, He's you know, aged. impressive. And, and then in Brendan second place, Rogers, you have... Uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, in second place, you have the opposite age of uh, opposite end of the age spectrum, and you have Tammy Abraham, uh, who's mm-hmm. the younger demographic, and he's only one goal behind Vardy, too. So, you know, uh, Vardy is 32, by the way, but yeah. So, Lester, we've talked a little bit about them. In fact, we've talked a lot about them throughout all of the episodes we've recorded so far, but let's sort of talk a little bit about Arsenal, because they got beat 2-0, didn't ever really look convincing. Not really a good evening. Not a good evening. <laughs> Bad evening. Bad evening. Bad, <laughs> bad evening. And for Una Emery, he is under a lot of pressure right now. Um, we don't have our Arsenal correspondent, Jake, with us this week, but we can talk a little bit about the Gunners. What's going wrong up there in North London? I guess we'll we'll start with, uh, let's hear what Matt has to say on this one. Honestly, um, it's just bizarre team selection from Unai Emery and just a lack of tactics, it seems like to me. It just seems like every match, just an apparent random selection of players gets sent out there with no clear direction. And while they have talent and they can string stuff together, there's just not really cohesiveness that you see in some of the best teams. Yeah, I can I can echo that sentiment there. Um, he's playing Torreira and attacking midfield for some reason. Um, he's never played there before. <laughs> right. Even I think he's only playing team. them there. Yeah, like I think he's only playing them there because he's five six. <laughs> and there's another place to play him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like he's, it's kind of like me in my less successful football manager saves when I'm just like, <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. All right, uh, let's go with a 3 2 3 1. Um, and <laughs> we'll just play any random sort Shut of. The like, rules. He's just like, <laughs> he's thrown a list of formations and names into a hat and just picked them out. <laughs> That's yeah, what it seems like sometimes. The saddest thing for me was, um, I forget, it might have been two match weeks ago. It was against Wolves. He decided to give Ozil the start, and yeah. Ozil, under, he underperformed yet again. And Ozil, yeah. He's gone. Just, He's just... Yeah. yeah. And it, it sucks because Ozil was honestly one of my favorite players of all time to watch. After his breakout World Cup year and the ensuing years at Madrid, he was fantastic. And it's it's sad to see his decline... But moreover, I would like to also echo that sentiment that they just really can't string anything together. The team selection is bizarre. They have finally named Aubameyang captain like we talked about um, a couple of episodes ago. And there's just nothing fruitful going on (laughs) in spite of that. Aubameyang has been under fire on Twitter because he's like tight with Arsenal Fan TV's guy Troops. So he tweeted, Aubameyang <laughs> had to tweet something out, it. like, I know I'm fr- I'm friends with troops, but, like, hey, it's okay, I can be friends with whoever, and, like, people are getting mad. I mean, Arsenal is Oh, he basically told everyone times. to fuck off. 
Yeah, he he used. Uh, I think he said it was bullshit. What people were telling him were the was yeah. the verbatim quote. But I mean, at the best of times, Arsenal are a, just a, it, it's chaos. It's almost always chaos. Um, they are right banter now, FC. <laughs> banter FC lives up to its name, but yeah, I mean, um, we'll see how long how much longer Emery can stay in that job. But things have got to turn around. I've, quick. I've got a solution. I've got a solution. A coach that could come in. Ooh, he he wouldn't it. even have to move, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who could uh, that I think, be? I, I'm I think, ringing my brain. I don't know. I, I Matt, feel like a certain manager has recently become available. Is he Spanish? David Moyes. Yeah. Is it David Moyes? Oh, That's it. it's David Moyes. You're right. <laughs> Moyes. He is Spanish. Mm, yeah. yep. <laughs> David Moyes. Moisey? Sam Allardyce. Allardyce. He would have been the Jets coach if his name was Allardyce. But I, I saw something. I saw something that said uh, Mourinho is basically the Big Sam of the top six. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Man. That's not wrong. But uh, <sighs> basically, we we sort of um, revealed what we were about to talk about. But uh, yes, the big big news that happened the day before we recorded this. It was a hell of a day for mm. Spurs fans because it was like 10 p.m. I think UK time it was probably about uh, 5 p.m. here uh, on the east coast and you hear like oh wow Pochettino has been sacked which is kind of crazy I mean no one really saw that coming I think everyone thought he'd be given a little more time we, we um, all kind of like results. chatted shit about it but and After let it be known final? let it be known sorry to interrupt Taryn but I have to I have to plug uh, myself here a little bit let it be known, and I'll bring the clip up here, uh, that in episode one of the Yank account, the original episode, I did say that I expected around December for Mourinho to maybe be sacked, and I was wrong, because it turns out Pochett- it was November, late Pochett- November. Pochettino. Pochettino. Oh, yeah, sorry, I don't know if I said who else I said, but yeah, Pochettino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, Pochettino is, uh, is the guy I said, so yeah, uh, well done, I'll Sam. play the clip well In a shocking turn of events... Sam was too lazy to go back and find the clip. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, but anyways, yeah, so about 5 p.m., Pochettino was sacked. Everyone was a little surprised, even even though the results have been bad. I, I think, you know, no one really expected it to happen this early. And then within five hours, there were reports, sort of underground reports. And then suddenly this morning, everyone woke up, and Jose Mourinho, the special one, is back in the Premier League with Tottenham. With Tottenham. Uh, I can I cannot express God. how happy this makes me. Although I have loved his punditry, just seeing him back in the Premier League kind of brings this like fire and this unknown and what should just be an absolute shit show. And I'm so excited to watch it. We oh, have two just, people here, two uh, members of the show today, who have previously been uh, the fans of teams that have been managed by Jose Mourinho. So we have some experienced Mourinho connoisseurs among us today. <laughs> If I speak, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> I has nothing to say. Nothing. I have nothing to say. Ja- or Matt, you have anything to say? I'm nothing. just ready for the show. I'm ready for <laughs> Tottenham to play Chelsea. I'm ready for Tottenham to play United. Um, I'm ready for Mourinho to play Daniel Levy. And um, <laughs> buckle in. Battle Royale. <laughs> By the way, Tottenham it's... do play United in two weeks. Two weeks from today is uh, when Tottenham play United, I think. Or some somewhere like two, yeah, a little over is, two weeks from today. It's two match weeks. 
But um, I, I still think, like, I mean, is there any – do any of you not believe that Pochettino is a world-class coach? Like, it's it's too no, much – No, he is. It's too much to move on from this yet. Like, this is honestly monumental, and I can't really wrap my head around it yet until I see Mourinho wearing that Spurs jacket and wherever Pochettino goes where – I mean, what do we expect? Spain, surely? Hopefully Spain. As far away from the Premier League as possible. But, like, you think about the other managers under pressure, and I feel like Man United Man United were linked with Pochettino a lot already. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also Emery probably is a little bit worried now, too. Um, but, like, I mean, like, Taron, for instance, do you think that there's any chance Ole could be, like, sacked and, you know, Pochettino could come in? Uh, I So I really... I mean, I, I know a lot of United fans are gunning for that. They really want it. I would not be upset, but I don't think it would really fix the cultural problem that we have in going through the merry-go-round of managers. And, like, still with Woodward at the helm, you really can't expect anything good. It's definitely probable, though. I would, I would give it a good 50% shot just because he's been really? heavily linked in the past and... Ole is not doing so hot right now, but man, either either way they go about it is probably the wrong decision. It just feels like there's no winning. You either sack Ole for like somebody else with no guarantee that they'll even improve the situation, or you miss out on a world class manager because you're stuck with your ex girlfriend. <laughs> and I mean, we thought the Sunderland documentary on Netflix was entertaining, but like they're making a documentary of this season for Spurs. My God, I mean, that's gonna Oof. be must that's watch, binge watch, <laughs> appointment viewing right there. Do, do you Plug think Amazon, Amazon is funneling in money to kind of destabilize the this situation? This is this has Jeff Bezos written all over it. It does. That's all I'm <laughs> it does. This is him and <laughs> this is his baby. <laughs> how, how much money? How much money do you think Amazon contribute to Daniel Levy's player fund? Look, is the question. S- seriously though, Mourinho is a much 100% better of it. center of a documentary than Pochettino. There's no denying yeah. that. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. It's gonna be like Hard Knocks with uh, with uh, gosh, uh, John Gruden. Yeah, yeah. That's gonna be it's gonna be a, <laughs> quite a quite a show. Um, Except Gruden is likable. <laughs> Mourinho has his sort of his own Mourinho's special charismatic. asshole yeah, I, charm. I do like Mourinho, but I mean the vast majority of football fans do not. I think we love to hate him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Football is more interesting when Jose Mourinho yes. is in the Premier League. Agreed. That is one hundred percent true. That's um, a fact. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun to see how this goes down. Um, like I said, Tottenham play United in two weeks. That's going to be a grudge match for Mu. Uh, we'll see. It would be something else. That that's gonna be like even before Mu was appointed, that would have been a really interesting match because of how poorly both teams have been playing this so far this season. Um, but now that Mu's in, it's just gonna be like really. They got really that new. They have that new manager bump coming in. Yeah, I mean, true. surely, surely, uh, with how bad they've been playing this season, like even just yeah. returning to normal would be a bump. So, so um, how, are money down on Spurs? how are Mourinho's tactics gonna work? At Spurs. That was, that's what, what I was thinking about. Uh, I mean, I, mean, I don't think he's going to radically overhaul anything that, like, Pochettino has been doing. I mean, you, you have... Don't? Well, you have, like, a solid group of center backs that are there. Obviously, you have, like, 
Davidson Sanchez alongside the two Belgians, Alderweireld and Vertonghen. That's a pretty solid defense. I mean, uh, Aurier isn't the best option at right back, but like you look at like Ben Davies on the left is all right. Um, even Danny Rose can do a job over there. Midfield, obviously, is a real strength of the team, although the problem, and, and obviously Harry Kane up top is always nice to have. I feel like the problem with, with Pochettino's Spurs this season has been so many of their players want to leave right now. Like, I think Ericsson and Vertonghen and, like, a few other people um, have, like, refused to sign contract extensions because they're just kind of done with the club and they're moving on after You just this. get the sense that um, it's gone stale a little bit. Yeah, and this could, I mean, seriously, Mourinho's arrival could change everything. But, yeah, I mean, and I don't know. Like, I, I want to go out and say that I don't think there is a single player that matters to this team under Mourinho except for Son. I mean, you look at the way that Mourinho plays his teams. He likes to sit, of course, and he needs somebody who can get the job done more or less by themselves. And Son is that player. You can see him take on two, three defenders at times and nab a goal. I mean, kind of uh, Torres-esque in Chelsea's old system. I, I think you can get rid of a lot of players and his game plan won't falter as much as if you removed Son. So, wow, okay. I can definitely see Son being a crucial player. Yeah, for sure. And I think, yeah, I mean, I, Spurs have a lot of talents all across the field. So I think it's, you know, it's really interesting because Mourinho wouldn't have come to Tottenham if he wasn't sort of promised the resources to build a project. But we've been hearing reports that, like, there's no money to spend in January and things like that. So uh, Mourinho might have to sort of build the team in a different way than he normally does, which is to just throw shitloads of money at weak problem positions and hope something clicks, which is what got him, you know, booed out of, of United. So, yeah, yeah. Anyways, that's going to be really interesting to see what goes down there. Speaking of Man United, though, uh, they actually beat Brighton in their last match, so they have a week off from the crisis mode that's been going on all season <laughs> for them. Um, maybe a little bit of pressure relieved on Ole. Taryn, what do you think? So... When I look at the last couple of weeks, um, obviously Brighton is a team that we should beat. The fact that we're talking about this as an event is pretty indicative of the season that we're having. However, a player that has impressed me has been Fred. I mean, he looked great in that Brighton game, and it could easily be a one-off game. But, you know, you're seeing glimpses of what Ole might one, it's kind of hard to tell what type of style that he wants because, again, United struggling to even find a system much like Arsenal. But, man, I mean, certainly not crisis mode, but we're closer to that than we are to a successful season, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess moving on from there, not a whole lot else to talk about on the United front, uh, but Chelsea did beat Crystal Palace. Uh, moved up to tied for second on points in third on goal difference behind Leicester. Uh, we've already sort of talked about this. I mean, I saw some articles that were like, oh, Chelsea enters the title race. Oh, like all this stuff. Um, and, you know, I'm not buying it. I think they're just still too young. It's still, you know, it's a first year manager, Lampard, and he's still finding his sort of, he, he's done really well. And the style of play that Chelsea have had this season is, is is fun to watch and it's been successful, but I don't know if they're ready for a title challenge. Uh, yeah, yeah the, the hip again. injury to yeah, Pulisic, I think. Um, I think you know now that the greatest player of all time can't play. Um, 
Yeah, everyone They're hands fucked. over the heart. Yeah. Hands yeah. over the heart because <laughs> Captain America did score again yeah. last week. Uh, play so the anthem. Play the anthem. As play the anthem. Get it done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pulisic scored again. Oh, and, uh, you know, we, we'll talk a little bit about another Yank that scored uh, last match week as well. But we'll talk about Chelsea for now. Um, Drew, what do you think? I mean, like, what what is this? What's the ceiling that this team can achieve this season? Um, already, and this is a team without any signings, so you already see what they're capable of. Um, you only you can only add to this. So hopefully, we can get this transfer ban unfrozen uh, and look to make some signings in in January. Um, put a cheeky fifty dollar bet down on uh, Jaden Sancho joining. Hopefully that works out. Hopefully that works out. There's too much propaganda going on for him to not come now. You know, he's he grew up with Tammy Abraham. They're from the same place in London. Uh, best friends with Cho. You know, came through the England ranks with all these other uh, Chelsea youngsters. It's just match made in heaven. And Bayern looking to sign Sané. I mean, do they do they play on the same wing? Oh, you mean wait? Uh, so- no. Go ahead, Drew. Sorry. I think, yeah, but say Sancho's a right winger, and then Sane left forward. Wait, where did where did Sane come from, Taren? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm confused. Sane, with Sane is linked with Bayern, correct? So if yes. they so but, but. if they were to release Sancho, they would already have Sancho plays for Dortmund. Sancho plays for Dortmund, mate. That's it. I'm done. I didn't know this is what we were dealing (laughs) with. Now we're the idiot Americans, Taryn. Amateur hour. You're not making us look good. You're good. You could just edit that out in post. (laughs) Hold on. Which player am I thinking of? of? We have no idea. Who's the guy who lit up Tottenham? Serge Nabry. Nabry. Former West Brom legend. Indeed. My bad, guys. You can um, just go ahead and excommunicate me if you'd like. Yeah. You're on thin ice, bud. All You're those Germans ice, are, yeah. are the same, right? Figured out. You fucking yeah, yeah. I mean, they nationalist. you know they have their Wiener Schnitzels and what whatnot. I was looking at the Bundesliga table actually, and it's kind of interesting because right now Mongen Gladbach, Borussia Mongen Gladbach, are in first, uh, and I think Bayern are down in like third. Um, Leipzig, I believe, were in second last time I checked it. So kind of interesting stuff. But uh, back to Premier League here. Drew, I was going to ask you, as far as like the transfer window, you're saying trying to strengthen the squad, what positions right now would you choose as your like weak positions you would want to strengthen in Chelsea? Ooh, so let me go ahead and tell you what we don't need, and that's another midfielder. Um, <laughs> we are completely set for the next 10 years on midfielders. Um, I'm once looking Ross to Barkley bring in... pans out, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> once we get rid of Ross Barkley, we next have year, next plenty of plenty of open comers. Ross Barkley, that is. But <laughs> yeah, but we're looking to bring in some competition for Tammy, um, whether that be in the form of Musa Dembele or Timo Werner. I wouldn't mind either. Um, if I had to choose, though, Timo Werner, just because uh, he's lighting it up right now. Uh, for Leipzig. Um, other than that, I do think we need some defenders, maybe another fullback. I'd say, like, we've been linked with Yusuf Atal, also very versatile, can play left, right, and can play on the wing. Um, He's a lethal attacker, too. My yeah. Um, and then I'd say, like, it might be time for Rudiger to go and bring in uh, a world-class defender, whether that be... 
Whether that be someone like Koulibaly, I don't know if we'll splash the cash for him, but, you know, we definitely need another defender. Napoli aren't letting Koulibaly go for, you know. Oh, yeah. They're le- they're I think his, yeah. Time. As a United fan, I can let you know that that's going to be a hefty price. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we mentioned one Yank that scored last match week, but let's move on to another Yank that scored last match week. A bit of a collector's item. DeAndre Yedlin. <laughs> popped in a goal against Bournemouth and Newcastle Flying have won back-to-back games. He leapt like a salmon. In the words of Ray Hudson, <laughs> who really needs to make a return. He leapt like a salmon out of the water! <laughs> yeah, uh, Newcastle up above Spurs right now in the league, uh, which is just kind of crazy. But Long may that continue. Long may he reign, strategy Steve. I have my shrine built to him in my room. Um, you know, just all of his all of his novels, all of his mystery novels. I've read them cover to cover. Um, he's a he's a true Renaissance man. Striker, uh, <laughs> defender. <laughs> I wonder if we, I wonder how difficult it would actually be to buy a Steve Bruce like book online. I wonder if that's even. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm googling this right now. I was about to say I'll do it right now. Steve Bruce books eBay. Let's see that. If you like this pod, if you like this podcast on uh, social media, you will enter a chance to win one autographed Steve Bruce mystery novel. (laughs) Are we doing a giveaway? I'm actually so done. Yes, Striker by Steve Bruce. Nineteen limited availability. Limited availability. Wow, that's tough. That is tough. Currently sold out on eBay. That's so tough. Damn, you I mean, I was on, on electric, uh, on Kindle, you know, like Kindle Fire or something, surely. Yeah. yeah, there you go. If any of our listeners out there have an extra copy for us, all three of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm still looking here. Steve Bruce, the best seat in the house, but I don't think that, uh, I don't, that doesn't look right. I don't think that's the real Steve Bruce, the real strategy. Steve. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Back to back to uh, what we were talking about before. DeAndre Yedlin scored. Kieran Clark scored. Apparently, only defenders can score for us this season. Like literally, our our front three combined have I think one goal in twelve matches so far, and our defenders have bad. scored like every single goal, um, That's which production. is weird. Yeah. It's... Why did you guys let Rondon leave, man? Dude, I you're asking he wanted, me. He wanted to be with Rafa. Rafa loves that man. He yeah, he actually Rafa. is with Rafa in China right now. So I guess I he heard that Steve. I heard Steve Bruce's next novel is actually a uh, romance between Rondon and Rafa. So look out for that. <laughs> yeah, like Fifty Shades of Black and White, or something like that. Just <laughs> get you in the mood. Uh, Fifty yeah, Shades of China. Moving on to another one of our teams in Everton. Finally stopped their slide and won a game, uh, and they took down who they who uh, they beat Southampton two one. Uh, Richarlison scored a goal. Richarlison also today. This is a great little snippet. Uh, tweeted out. Someone asked him, "What is your favorite British food?" And his answer, just like you know, no hesitation, pasta, which I thought was great. <laughs> you gotta love it. That's straight. Literally from just the tweet, pasta. <laughs> yeah, that's proper English dish. Proper English dish. <laughs> a little Worcestershire sauce, some, some, some brown sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Spaghetti and brown sauce. <laughs> Bake it into a pie. You've got a proper, <laughs> proper Brexit, Brexit cuisine. Bake it into a pie, add the beans. 
There Get you it go. <laughs> Put it on a piece I'm of getting, toast. <laughs> I'm getting hungry. I'm getting hungry just thinking about all this. But now Everton finally won. Maybe bought uh, Marco Silva a little more time at Everton. Matt, what do you? What's your breakdown of, of finally getting that win this past match week? It was more about playing an absolutely fucking pathetic Southampton team than anything to do with Everton. <laughs> oh my lord! They although, terrible. although you know, it's got to be said we've we've had a lot of attacking going throughout the season, really, and some days it just kind of goes in. <laughs> Other days we let more in. Um, so Norwich coming up next, um, I'm certain we'll find a way to to squander that, um, and then after that it's. Uh, Leicester, Liverpool, Chelsea, um, and it, it's just going to be yeah. an absolutely... You men are fucked. Absolutely great <laughs> December for us because um, usually we defy all expectations and, and turn a couple matches <laughs> against the top how six many points, our way. How many points are you Before going back to complete mediocrity. <laughs> this is nine. Time to nine shine. points. <laughs> nine Davis points. loves a game against City. Nine points. Um, I think I read something somewhere that so far this season, Everton have had the easiest schedule so far, and their remaining schedule is the hardest, and they're in 15th. Remember back to last (laughs) spring, you know, the same thing happened. We lost to fucking Fulham, but we drew Tottenham, drew Liverpool, beat United (laughs) 4-0, beat Arsenal (laughs) 1-0, so, you know, you you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, very true. Very yeah, true. Sam, make That's... sure you have that clip ready in like five episodes. <laughs> in a shocking turn of events, Sam thinks he might be too lazy to find the clip for future episodes. I'm, I'm clipping <laughs> yeah. that right now. In a shocking turn of events, Sam was not clipping that right now. Karen, Go I, ahead. <laughs> in all likelihood, I will have long committed suicide by that. <laughs> Everton ladies. We'll play your clip in your honor. We'll play it at your funeral. Posthumous. He, he may he may have died, but at least he got this right. <laughs> he died as he lived. <laughs> Miserable. Sad. <laughs> With a um, pasta pie on the side. <laughs> the oh Yankee Count releasing a cookbook in the next few weeks. <laughs> Be on the lookout. Pasta pie and other English flavors. Available at all fine sellers of books. Uh, speaking yeah, we were actually we were thinking about getting a package. You know, we we're calling it the coffee shop package, and it's a cookbook as well as a free copy of that signed striker novel that we were telling you about. Still working on. Uh, I have to. I have to negotiate with Steve Bruce's agent about that one. We'll see if we can uh, make that happen. But uh, moving on, we did talk a little bit about uh, Southampton and Norwich there. They are 19th and 20th, and the relegation zone, the relegation picture is getting maybe a little more clear because right now Mm. there's a three-point gap between Aston Villa in 17th and Watford in 18th. And really all three of the teams at the bottom, Watford, Southampton, Norwich, have all looked dreadful. Watford finally got their first win of the season uh, this past weekend. Uh, and so they're finally sort of off the schneid there, but like Norwich, apart from beating Man City, have done ab- and they beat Newcastle as their other win. So <laughs> they're but, also uh, so injury stricken right now. I could super see them stricken. potentially moving into seventeenth by the end of the season if they have a healthy squad. But I just am struggling to find a team that's going to replace them in that spot. True. Yeah, West Ham also got shellacked by Burnley, uh, and they're now in sixteenth. 
So that is not all going well in West Ham. They got that big money striker, Sebastian Allaire. Not really doing too well so far. He scored a couple goals, but hasn't really done enough to push West Ham up the table too far. But I think we've just about covered all of the shit that went down in the Premier League over the last couple weeks. So well done, Mike. everyone take a deep breath. <sighs> Finally got it. Got it done. Uh, it's time to move on to something, a little fun segment that we're going to do this week. Basically, the return of Jose Mourinho has gotten us all thinking about blasts from the past in the Premier League. So we're each going to go around and talk about some former Premier League players that we miss seeing in their prime. Uh, so I think let's just, let's just go ahead and get right to it. All right, who wants to go first here? Because there's some good names. I'm looking at the rundown, and there's some good names Matt. on this list. Matt, Matt, you want to go Matt ahead go and, and hit us with your uh, your Premier League miss, star from the past? I miss the ball gliding through the air and settling into the first touch of Marijuan Fellaini, like a, <laughs> like a hawk Nestling perching, into the afro. <laughs> perching upon its. Uh, <laughs> was the description? Yo, high key, Everton. Everton Fellaini was legit. Yeah. No, in all seriousness, though, all seriousness, though, Wayne Rooney, for sure. Prime Wayne Rooney. You can't beat that. Mm. Little speed demon just bursting past people, defying the laws of physics, popping in goals upside down from midfield. God, you know, those, those were the good old entertaining days of Premier League, honestly. And while it, it was a little bitter from an Everton perspective, I guess, uh, and, you know, United always just kind of running the table. You can't deny how entertaining it was seeing that short, ugly bastard just absolutely dominating the <laughs> Premier League. It's so funny to me thinking back about how good the the combo of Rooney and Ronaldo was for United. Because, like, there, there are literally... Yeah. I don't think in the entire world of soccer, of world of football, there are two more different players than Rooney and Ronaldo. Like... <clears throat> Ronaldo is this, like, graceful, elegant, like, absolutely ripped, like, ridiculously handsome Portuguese, like, wonder kid. <laughs> and then Rooney is just this little English uh, ball ogre. of, this little ginger <laughs> ball of testosterone, like, waddling around of it. He just, like, comes up with these crazy moments. But, yeah, I mean, right. both of those quite good. Um, yeah. Drew, if you want to you wanna hit us next? All right. We'll take it back to... Uh... To Nascimento Ramirez. I would call him the original Conte. Uh, the OG. He, the OG, yeah. He OG Nagolo. He, <laughs> he, <laughs> he, was, he was a workhorse. Um, if you follow Chelsea during the, those days, you know he was a cult hero. Uh, very good player. Very good box-to-box midfielder. Um, he was everywhere on the pitch. Um, I'm sure everyone remembers that chip against Barcelona. Um that got us into the final. Oh, yeah. That got us into the final, and it's all history from there. But, uh, you know, he left for China, and uh, that's okay because we want him to make want him to make some money down there, have a good life. Another Chelsea player who I was thinking of, actually, who also fucked off to China, uh, I was thinking about him the other day, was Oscar. Oscar was really class on his day. God, uh, he's so whiny. <laughs> guy was pure silk. Yeah, such a an elegant attacking midfielder. And I he missed also the pained expression on his face. 
<laughs> in any given That's moment. <laughs> some, good, some good Brazilians from Chelsea, indeed. Mm-hmm. Two great Brazilians, but nope, now both over there in the Far East plying their trade. Uh, I guess I'll go next here, and I'm also going to stick close to home here for my favorite team, but I'm going to go with Johan Kabai. I mean, that literally was my favorite, favorite, favorite player when I first got into Premier League. He was a he was just a class midfielder. He could do the dirty work, but he was all over the field, and he was such a maestro, such a, like, was such a good passer, scored so many bangers, including, like, I remember he scored a, a free kick, free oh kick against God. Manchester United uh, one year that ended up in a win, which was a favorite goal of mine. Um, and then he, too, fucked off to PSG, and his career was basically over after that. He just never really played. He did, he did show up at Crystal Palace for a few years after that. I was uh, really yeah. expecting you to say um, a another cult hero in Lauren. What is it, Lauren Robert? Right, <laughs> Laurent Robert. You know, <laughs> Laurent Robert was a little bit before my time. But if anyone is looking for like, you know, if they have like five minutes to kill and they want to see some world class, like just one of the best left foots of all time, literally just Google Laurent Robert all goals for Newcastle. That man did not score goals that weren't exceptional. Like. Seriously, like, top to bottom, every single one of his goals for Newcastle were, like, awesome goals, um, for sure. Uh, another thing about Kabaya I was going to mention is another one of my favorite moments for him was the last kick of the ball he ever had at Newcastle was in a game against Aston Villa. Pretty sure it was, it was tied 1-1 in, like, the 94th minute, and he absolutely top-binned a free kick with the last kick of the ball he ever had in a, in a Newcastle shirt. That was like the greatest send off. What a way ever. to leave! Literally, just yeah. like rode into the sunset and like, <laughs> yeah. Then came back for Crystal Palace, so it didn't really end as well as I had hoped. But nah, he was such a good player in his day. Also, shout out to my man, rest in peace, Czech Tiote, uh, his partner in crime in that midfield that year we finished fifth. Wow, beauty and in the beast, indeed. as I like to say. <laughs> was that twenty twelve when you finished fifth? Yeah, twenty twelve. Alan Party yeah. guided us. <laughs> he finished higher than us. <laughs> yeah, that was a crazy year. I mean, when I first started following Newcastle, we were in Europe. Like, literally. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is like a good team. Yeah. I was sadly mistaken. But <laughs> anyways. <laughs> All right. Take us to the home stretch, Darren. Uh, I'm going to go a bit against the grain. There's a certain goalkeeper who was an absolute dread to see in the net. If you were an opposing penalty kick taker, a flying, flying spider monkey specimen, Van der Sar. I will always remember, Edwin. I can't, I, I, I'll say I will, huh? Oh, Edwin, yeah. I say I'll always remember, and I can't even think of the team right now, but there was a PK shootout where he saved three PKs straight to absolutely shut down the other team. Do you guys remember what, um, what game that was? Wasn't it in Europe? Wasn't it a European game? Or am I... it, it may have been. Let's yeah, let's let's hit the I, I don't know off the top of quick. my head. I don't Banders know the top are of my head. Three saves, PK. Another shootout. while you're googling that turn, another Man United player that I was thinking of here. Just it was recently. Chelsea. Who's against Chelsea? <laughs> yeah. We didn't want to say anything. I'm gonna be. <laughs> he knew the whole time. But yeah, uh, that another is another. Oh, go ahead, Sam. Go ahead. I was just gonna say another United player that I was thinking of. Is like Alexis Sanchez in his prime for Arsenal 
was so good, like top three players in the league, and now he's literally just rotting away. Like, <laughs> just another fail transfer for United, which is such a shame to see. Yep. But yeah, Van der Sar was, um, I mean, he was one of the few goalkeepers that you can watch where, like, you know, you you really feel excited to watch them play. You've got Neuer, of course, because he plays his line at about midfield. That's always exciting. <laughs> But in terms of just pure reaction, insane saves, Van der Sar is up there with the greats. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah those are some good ones. Matt, uh, also, I mean, just because I'm like listing players from other clubs uh, in addition to mine, I, I thought you might say the old either Tim Howard or, or Tim Cahill. Uh, Tim oh, Cahill, what a, Tim Cahill. What a legend. What a legend, Tim Cahill. Tim Howard's I good. This... I. I kind of am reluctant because a lot of Americans really overhype Howard, and he was like a great club servant, but he was never like amazing. And I think a lot of Americans just remember some of his performances for the U.S. national team, and just kind of associate him with being American and really one of the first Americans <laughs> to play in the Premier League. So you know he's good from that point of view. But but Tim Cahill, on the other hand, that's an Everton legend for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with Tim Howard is, like, he was a pretty average Premier League goalkeeper most of the time. Maybe, like, above average at his best. But he would pop up with, like, a couple moments each season that would always make, like, the end of the he year. He scored a fucking run. goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he made that crazy save where it was, like, there's that great angle of, like, the goal line. And he's, like, diving backwards. And he, like, tips it up and out. Like, that's a really legendary save as well. And then yeah, for, he, for every one of those, he would just kind of, like throw his hands up and fall to the ground as, as the ball got racket, rocketed past him. So, you know. Yeah, but people don't remember that right. as much. Wait, one more, one more, one more, one more. It's kind of a cutback because it's two, but the uh, the strike partnership of Papi Cisse and Demba, Demba Bob. Ooh. Unbelievable. I mean, Those two favorite, were I, I don't think any – it's going to be many, many years. It may never happen before a Premier League goal – replaces that Pepe Cisse goal against Chelsea is my favorite <laughs> Premier League goal of all time. Like, Ridiculous. The Poor Drew's audacity. The swerve. <laughs> Drew is getting slammed. Chelsea are getting slammed. Yeah, it was just unreal. Like, be- And that was Petr Cech in his Chelsea days. Like, one of the best goalkeepers in the world, much less the Premier League. Just was, just, like, stunned. Just sort of fell over because he had no idea. Who takes a shot from there? Who the fuck takes a shot from there? I'll tell you who. <laughs> Demba Cisse. His middle name was Demba too. So we got we had two Dembas up up top that season. He but. loves it when you call him Big Papa. Papi Cisse did not do as much that season. We got relegated uh, a few years ago. <laughs> he was still starting up top then, but we'll we'll not talk about that. But yeah, those are some great <laughs> names. Thanks you guys for playing along in that segment. Hopefully we can bring that back uh, in the future. There's no shortage of legends of the Premier League that you may have forgotten about. Uh, but we do have some good matches coming up this coming match week. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about those. Looking at the matches we got ahead of us, Man City Chelsea is probably the, the standout there. Um, unfortunately, we will not have uh, Christian Pulisic in that match. Um, so he's injured. He's out. Uh, no, I don't think he's been ruled out completely. Has he been ruled out completely? I saw something today that he was qu- either doubtful or he may have been ruled out. 
Um, I think it might be a 50-50 right now from yeah. just what so I was looking at. who's coming in for him then? then is it uh, Pedro? The chosen one. Uh, Callum Hudson and Doyle. What the hell would you say? Pedro? He's <laughs> rotten on the bench. The chosen one, Pedro, obviously. <laughs> Who the else? Chosen the one, chosen CHO. One. Oh. oh. I didn't even oh. make that connection. That's. Oof. That was a good one, Drew. I'll give it to you. You got me on that one. <laughs> yeah. You got me. That's, that's, a, that's an obscure nickname for non Chelsea fans, I guess. Guess we're just not There's Chelsea a pretty, fans. We don't understand. Yeah, you're not. It's a pretty important game, though, for the league. I mean, it, it it literally will set up who, or if Liverpool will have easier time winning the league, or whether or not we are actually in the in the league uh, title race. Is it? Is it uh, though? Like, I mean, the top four look Chelsea like win. solid right now. The top four looks solid. It, it looks like, I mean. I see almost no outcome that the top four right now are not the top four at the end of the season. Unless, like, United catch fire or something. <laughs> no way. But no I, way. Just, I just don't know. Like, looking at the teams below, it's like Sheffield United are literally... Sheffield United and Arsenal are the closest other teams. But, I mean, it is a big game. But, like, I yeah. Like, Liverpool, Liverpool play Crystal Palace, which is sort of like, <laughs> you know, there's no Dwight Gale on Crystal Palace anymore to, to end... Liverpool hopes. Uh, <laughs> they have in the past been a Liverpool boogeyman. Maybe it's been a few years since, but I remember they seemed to get results against Liverpool quite often. Yeah, Probably Liverpool not. did Probably have a few anymore. teams like that. Like I remember Southampton used to often give Liverpool trouble as well, but then Liverpool and literally players. just bought all their players. Yeah. <laughs> Coached everyone. So. Ricky Lambert, their best player. <laughs> Yo, uh, how can you forget? <laughs> Fucking Adam Lallana. <laughs> I mean, Mane and Van Dyke. Yeah, Mane, Van Dyke. Who? Who? They Who both play for Southampton. Oh, oh, okay. I see what you're doing. Never heard of them. <laughs> Bush, they're just like some reserves. Like, yeah. It's Why couldn't Bush they have league. gotten Morgan Schneiderlin? <laughs> There's a question. If, if they had gotten Schneiderlin, though, imagine, just imagine... Schneiderlin and Henderson <laughs> running the midfield. I can't well, imagine two bigger James Milner, James Milner would be out of a job. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But um. So, anyways, yeah. This upcoming match week, uh, we'll see what happens. But right now, there's there's just clear divides in the table. It's so clear, like top four, mid table, relegation. Like there's only there's only uh, five points that right now that are separating fifth. From, or in fact, it's only three points that are separating fifth place Sheffield United from 15th Everton. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's it's super tight in mid-table. There's going to be a lot of scrapping going on there. But and like I said, we have our easiest run of fixtures coming up, so we should be looking to get in. <laughs> it should be an easy run for Everton coming up. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, plenty to look forward to next week. Uh, I think, though, it's time to move on to the closing segment for this week once again we do have a brew review so like we mentioned it is a bit of a byob brew review this week uh couldn't i, I was i recommended one beer and then it turns out matt went and bought his own thing so that's fine yeah that's fine so we're just going to drink different beers, which is fine. You get two reviews for the price of one. So what I have here in front of me today is a Sweetwater 420 uh, Extra Pale Ale from Sweetwater Brewing Company. So pale. Uh, Matt, why don't you tell us about what you got in front of you? I have... That didn't sound good. An absolutely 
lovely chai solstice ale from Anderson <laughs> Valley Brewing. Um, I I might have scrambled and picked it up last second quite arbitrarily. Um, Wait, what just happened? Did, did you just but, break something, Drew? <laughs> no, I, I was jingling my keys. I think that might have been it. Why the hell are you coming for me, Taryn? Damn. <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, so a chai solstice—that uh, is yeah, it's kind of like a—it's like a spiced ale with like chai flavors, I guess. So, you okay. know, let's let, let's dive in. Yeah, I'm taking a sip of my sweet water here too. Oh, you hear that—the refreshing sound of a Bud Light. <laughs> Crispy boys. All right, yeah, this... I'm gonna go first here. Oh, sorry, no, if no. You mind. Yeah, go for it. Sweet water here. It's a nice light golden color, um, a little foamy head on top. It's a nice sort of bright hoppy flavor at first. It's sort of like a West Coast IPA, very hoppy, hits you with those hoppy notes. Sort of a little bit of a lingering sweet aftertaste, goes away pretty quickly. Pretty decent, like basic IPA, nothing like super great, I wouldn't say. Um, but, you know, if you're into hoppier beers, definitely definitely a nice, uh, you could do That's a lot good worse. Shit. That's certainly. good shit. This beer is kind of brown and nutty it's almost like an english brown ale in a certain way but it's kind of got this back end of like spices um and it's good it's very dark kind of brownish um, i feel like any english person would like shudder at the thought of like a chai solstice beer being right. considered like, yeah and you and, cannot you know, mix yeah. tea and beer yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sacrilege. That is a but, crime of you, the you highest know, degree. If if I had to compare it to a Premier League team at its base, it's it's kind of oh, go on. English, you know, but but then you realize it's actually quite foreign and, and spiced and there's some Wolves. some things coming in from a certain land and yeah yeah, the beer itself, the, the can is, is orange, very gaudy orange. And I have to say this is definitely the wolves of beer. Uh, the wolves like of beer. The Interesting. Wolves of beer. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fascinating. Jorge yeah. Mendez shoving all the spices yeah. down. <laughs> right. <laughs> Imported. <laughs> um. <clears throat> well, I guess for this one, you know, it's sort of a West Coast style IPA, so I feel obligated to go for a West Coast team in England, and I think the one I'm going to go with here, I'm going to give it. Uh, mm, I might give this one a Burnley. You know, Burnley's not quite on the west coast, but it's on the west side-ish of England. And it's, uh, you know what you're going to get, you know? It is it's extra not, pale. It's, it's extra pale, like, much like all like the Denzins. Like Sean Like Sean Much like the citizens of the city of Burnley as well. <laughs> Most of the Burnley um, players are also pale. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's basic, you know what you're going to get, it's, it's, uh, I would say if you're into IPAs, like if you're into good old-fashioned English football, it's it's something that you know you can lean, you can, you can lay back on. You can you can be comfortable and and relying on in uh, in times where you're not willing to go outside your comfort zone. So I'll give it a Burnley for the Sweetwater 429. Brexit beer. Good old Brexit beer. No good foreigners in my beer. beer. Whoa. Whoa. What? Whoa. Whoa. I don't like foreigners in my yeah, beard. Hey, it is a domestic. Episode, it is a domestic. So, all right, Taryn. Well, since you're sick of us, I guess thank you all for I, joining us. I just us. can't handle this racism 
from Drew. Yeah. Drew always makes it racist at the end. It, it always gets weirdly racist during the brew review. Like, you know Indian people. They're, Indian people <laughs> are so to... racist. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> We're just going to have to kill this segment. This segment is, is ruining the show. <laughs> this, is what give this, this is what gives the podcast life. People, this, people sit through the 90% of the other This is the Mourinho the interview of our... Of our next, podcast. Next episode, we look forward to closing out our segment with our favorite thing about each race that we can think of. Next week, we're closing it we're out com- with a race review. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, we're comparing no. beers to races. In the words of our hero and savior, Jose Mourinho, I have nothing more to say so thank you all thank you all for joining uh joining me again to uh join us on the on episode four of the yankee count have a Uh, good evening god (laughs) hope you all have a good evening evening. uh we'll be back in the future hopefully within the next week uh to give you more of your favorite premier league content and banter and beer and all the other stuff you crave from the Yankee account and casual racism. Uh, so look forward to that. But with that being said, thank you for joining us and we'll see you later. Peace. Thank you.